when I was younger and I left my ex-husband because I was not in love with him, I said, I used to say that love should bring out your best and challenge your worst. And I think like real love should be free and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be so different than a really amazing friend. This, it's life, right? The ups and downs, I think you make it through, I think that's the nice part about getting older, you make it through enough ups and downs that you're like, you know that it'll, you'll, the sun will rise again and you know that it'll set again. You'll, you know you'll be at the top one day and you know you'll be at the bottom one day and that's just life it's like up and down no matter what the pendulum will always swing back the other way hello and welcome to episode eight of framed with love this is your host rhiannon marquez and today we have the guest sandy white a hairstylist based in toronto i had the pleasure of meeting sandy just over a year ago and what's interesting about her is it's not just about giving her clients a new do and sending them on their way but really forming a connection and getting to know them and to know their story and to help give them a look that fits with that not just listening to you say oh cut my hair short and doing as she's told but really giving you feedback from her professional point of view, what will work for you, and then making you feel comfortable. In her studio, it's an amazing place, the aesthetic down to everything, even her dog toy, it all matches in such a lovely way that creates an aesthetic that's very important in Toronto, as we all know, when you go somewhere. I mean, half the reason you're there is for the food or the product, and the other reason is because the space is just beautiful. You just want to be there. So today, Sandy and I sat, and we talked, and we're at different stages in our life, and she has a little bit more life experience. She was a teenage mom. She was married quite young, and she's now this entrepreneur, and her story is so interesting. I think that you'll really enjoy it. This episode marks our second month into this podcast since I've launched it. And it's been quite an adventure. Sometimes it's been really difficult to get something out each Wednesday. This week especially, it's it's a busy week. But as an artist, it's important to give yourself some deadlines and to stick to them. And to not waver for them even when times get tricky. Goals are important and sometimes they can feel a bit suffocating but at the end of the day we need goals to help us you know stay driven stay on track for the relationship side of things I recently turned 24 and I've made several goals which I hope to achieve some are a bit simpler and more doable such as volunteering at least once a month others are a little bit more tricky. I'm hoping to get sponsorship for this podcast, which will require some help on your end as my listeners. If you guys could please follow at Framed with Love Podcast on Instagram 
and subscribe to the show. Share it with friends. But if you subscribe, it's easier to track the listeners. And showing a followership will be really important for the next stages of this and to get some really great sponsors on board. But another goal of mine was to stay happily single for the first six months of this year. And that is flexible. I... I mean, dating in summer in the city, it's its a nice time to be in the city. So if something came up, I don't think I'd be entirely against it. But focusing entirely on me, not in a selfish way, not in a I don't have time for other people in my life way, but in, 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 an, in I'm enjoying my own company and I'm happy kind of way. And that's something that Sandy did for for about a year I think it was very rewarding for her so I'm inspired and well once again my guests they tell their stories the best so here we go these walls can save us from the bitter winter wind and every time the When you were younger, if you thought you wanted to be a hairdresser, what your dreams were when you were a little kid growing up and how you ended up where you are now? Definitely did not want to be a hairdresser when I was a kid, although I did find a, um, a yearbook. You know, when you're in kindergarten, they have you write what you want to be when you grow up. So my kindergarten um, yearbook said that I wanted to be a hairdresser. So I was like, oh, okay. Uh, That kind of surprised me. Um, But when I was a kid, I was more of a tomboy. Like I was really, yeah. I would never have guessed that. Oh, really? Yeah, no, for sure. I like did not care about fashion or makeup or clothes or anything. I loved just like being outside. I was really into math and like I was always doing like math problems and stuff with my dad. Um, My dad was an architect and I wanted to be an architect at one point when I was growing up which is makes this building feel that much more special to me um, because it was an architecture firm. And then I mostly studied music, actually, my whole life. So I wanted to get into music, and then I wanted to teach music, so I um, started studying music in early childhood. And then at that point, I was mostly home with my kids and then teaching kids music and trying to get a mortgage once I was on my own was just really hard. So, um, someone had suggested I be a hairdresser, and I was one of those people that, like, didn't even really style my own hair. I still don't. She thought that I would be really good at, like, being with people and that I had a good sense of style and stuff like that, and she just, it was just, like, something that she said, and um, I think because of that, it took me a really long time to really love it. I don't, it, it didn't like come to me naturally. There were people I went to school with that did their hair every day and were really into like makeup and fashion. And I would say I got more into fashion than hair, but yeah, it's not at all what I, <laughs> not, this is not at all where I thought I would be. 
but in the last like two years it has all felt like it made sense that it siphoned me into this spot you know mm. in this one place was there a certain moment where you feel like you started to feel like this was what you're meant to be doing yes so uh almost exactly two years ago like to the day actually I was working at um, John Steinberg, which was my dream job, because I really admired his work and what he did in the community. I don't know if you know a lot about him, but he was a British hairdresser. He opened up the Rainbow Room in Yorkville. And um, Ray Chevello was his assistant, who owns like Chevello, all the Chevellos here and in Chicago. Um, and he opened a place on King and Portland in 91 and he was just a big part of the community. And when I worked there, I liked, I just liked everything about what he used to do, basically. So two years ago, I was best, best friends with the, uh, with the owner and the manager, and I lost my job there two years ago. And it's like a long convoluted story, but um, I almost gave up doing hair. So I was like, I don't want to do hair anymore. I never wanted to do hair. How did I even get into doing hair? Like, I just didn't want to do it. And my, like, I had one client specifically that was like, you need to, you can't give up doing hair. Like, you need, you need to still do my hair and like her husband's hair and her friend's hair. And she was like, even if you're doing it in my kitchen, she's like, what you need to do is go open your own shop and put your name on the window. And that's it. Just move on. I was like, oh, no never I was like you're nuts like you're nuts and it was crazy the first time she was here specifically because I was like do you remember that conversation that we had um so it was it was losing everything it was literally like losing it all and being like I don't want to do this anymore I never wanted to do this and having all these people that I had connected with and realizing that I wouldn't see them anymore at least not in the same way that I did before and it was all of them not wanting me to give up doing hair that got me here. Because I realized as I was working at other places that it was never what I wanted it to be. It was never about like the people. And so the higher you get up and doing hair, the less time you have, because the faster they want you to be. But um, a lot of the things that I was hearing from my clients or hearing from people who were like, let's say they were seeing someone for like five years or eight years, and they would, they would say that they started to feel like they were just wanting to do the same thing. They didn't want to talk about change and stuff. And I think a lot of that comes from what salon owners cater to, which is like speed. And speed and quality don't go well together. Like they just don't. And like art and like actually being able to like really give yourself over to someone because hair is so emotional. It's so much more than just hair. It's so much more than a good haircut too, you know? So how do you deal with when clients come in and it's very different, they have like their own special requests, like they're very sure that they want their hair short or they want bangs or that kind of thing and you as the hairdresser understand a bit better what would work with them, how do you deal with pleasing what they want but also helping them know what will work better? <laughs> that's been part of a, a big journey because when I started doing hair I was like no, like you can't no, like that won't look good or you I wanted to do like a precise haircut, not necessarily a haircut that someone else liked. Do you know what I mean? Like I there are certain things that 
for example, I had a teacher come by and there were thinning shears on my on my station and he was like, you use thinning shears? Like in a beta, you just don't. Like you just, you point cut into things or you use your scissors, like it's very classic. Um, so it kind of was like a journey for me in figuring out like that it really is about what they need. So for me now, I give people like information, like I did with you, like, okay, if you're gonna cut bangs, but in the summer, you might hate my guts for cutting these bangs. <laughs> you know, like you, you wanna give everyone like the information that they need. Because that's a hard thing with haircuts, especially, or just like, you know, doing a picture, like, let's say someone brings in a picture of a celebrity, for example, or they're always attractive. Their hair always looks amazing. It's always very styled. It always has a ton of product in it. So making sure people know that that's a reality and knowing that is that their reality every day? Is that something they want to commit to or not? And if someone wants to go super short and they don't know what they're going to do, there's been a couple times that I've said no. Because if you go super short, you're talking about like three-year commitment. And if they don't know what they want to do in terms of going short, I often won't do it right then because it's a that's that one's a big one. Yeah. And I don't want anyone crying in my chair. <laughs> have you ever had that? Some people crying in my chair? Yeah, yeah I have. Um, <laughs> yeah, many times. You can like, now I can like feel it happening. Oh yeah, I can sense like the minute someone stops trusting me, I can totally feel it. Like they'll hold on a little bit tighter or they get really quiet or they get hot. (laughs) You know, you can start to see it. As hard as it feel for you like completing the haircut and feeling how uneasy they are about it? When I was younger, I would get also get nervous. It was like, uh, it was like dealing with an animal. I was like, oh no, they can, they like, I was afraid. I felt it was a bad like cycle. Whereas now I know, like I, I'm more confident in my skills and what I'm doing. So if they don't, you know, if they're not liking something, then I just ask them how they're feeling. Cause oftentimes they just need to talk about it. Sometimes things look a certain way or I need to do a certain thing and it doesn't look that good. And then they need to just like trust me to get to the end, you know, that we're not at the finish line yet. So. I mean, I remember time um I got my hair cut with you and like I felt uneasy even at the end of first I was like because it was so it felt so different because I did the short and then I loved it and I got so many compliments and then the same thing when you cut my bangs and you were like you know if you cut it short it will box your face in and I like I'm very used now to having shorter hair and then you cut the bangs and like somehow like they're able to stay and like the long works but it's like being able to also like you catered to my needs but you also like gave your professional input in a way that made it work and it's it's really nice I understand how your clients can then start to form a connection with you and want to continue coming back to you and I understand how there becomes this relationship between you and your clients it's very much you know regular and maintained and I that was an important part in terms of creating your own business right was that like what was pushing you to do this Yeah, that was exactly it because you can give someone so much more when you know them really well. So the longer I know like a client, the more I can give them. And I like think about my clients all the time. I feel like they don't all believe me, but it is true. (laughs) Like I'll think about them. Like they'll, for one, they'll like pop in my head and then they usually message me or sometimes I'll think about them like, you know, in the way that 
they haven't had a change in a while or they I don't know I'll, like we'll get a new product and I'll be like oh my god they would really like this or something like that um, or I'll see a picture of a haircut that they want like I had a friend that wanted to cut her hair all off and I know her really well and she sent me a picture and I was like no you can do like no we can do better than that like you are way cooler than that we need something better so you went like back and forth for a while I was sending her pictures she was sending me pictures and then I gave myself like two hours because she has a lot of hair and it took me those two hours and it was like so amazing like it turned out so well and I that's again like one of the things where like I wanted to have the time to take the time that I need right so you know in a salon that would be me taking up two haircut times Mm -hmm. instead of one but like you know you can't do a big change like that and you can't have that sort of like rapport but when you really know someone like you know there's some people (laughs) in the beginning I do have a couple clients one's coming in on Thursday actually who said that when she first met me she was like kind of taken aback by how like direct I was because so I've like kind of tried to soften how I say things sometimes but um but it also works for me sometimes I had a woman that came in uh last spring and I could just tell she was like a really cool woman turns out she's a director she's super cool and she brought in this haircut and she had this like beautiful white and silver hair and I was like no no you're you're cooler than this like you can do let's do something more modern and we did and we just gave her a really blunt fringe and a one length haircut so it's simple and easy for her and it suits her cool personality so for me it's all about the relationship and like it's all about the hair too obviously like I'm a precision cutter I would say but it's about the relationship with the person more than anything yeah so now with your hair um how do you deal with especially since your clients you're so close to them the way that you're almost like this casual therapist to many people and them to me I feel like yeah that's true how do I deal with that um how do I deal with that I don't know it's just kind of like natural I guess it's sort of like I I wonder that sometimes I feel like I've got like this these close relationships with like so many people but um some people like really open up to me and some people don't I recently had shared like really personal stuff on social media which was not like me at all and it made me feel really anxious about doing it and I still sometimes regret it because people definitely like to you know say say things comments about it or use it against you or whatever but every time I feel that way I remember how many people came to me and shared something really personal along the same lines as that and they hadn't felt like they could talk about it before and the thing is I'm a safe person I'm not connected to anybody so they can tell me anything so I usually know a lot of things before a lot of other people know it Um, which is why I also like to have the time right because for some people like they are you know if they're new and they've had really terrible experiences they need some time they need some time to like calm down know that I'm listening know that we're going to talk about it 
know that it's not a rushed experience, you know, and I think that, I hope that this space makes people feel that way too, so that they don't feel rushed ever in and out of here, and they don't feel like, you know, they've got the time. So what are some of the challenges you've had to overcome to get to where you are now? Oh gosh, so many! Where do I begin? Um... The challenge is, I have not done well in salons. I've been fired from two salons in the last two years. And um, the reason is, I like I just I couldn't work in that environment. Like they expect you to do eight haircuts back to back, no lunch break. You just eat in between or go to the washroom in between, which means someone else has to like get that one haircut where you're starving or you're trying to rush them so that you know you can get those 15 minutes in or 10 minutes in. And I don't think you can, I just don't think you can do work that way. I don't think you can do good work that way. Because some, like again, if someone wants to talk for 15 minutes, that's already into your hour, then you add a wash onto that. So that's, um, that was a struggle for me. I don't like to feel rushed. I like to feel like there's a lot of time. So I've scheduled myself specifically here where I have a lot of time. And I've struggled with the fact that no one really cared about the work. Like once I left Chevello, no one talked about the actual work anymore. Mm. Talking about like, I don't know, like they would talk about color a lot. Colorists would talk about color a lot, but you didn't find a lot of stylists talking a lot. And you found like, like I was saying before, salon owners cater so much to how much money you're bringing in, but that means you're doing a lot of clients. And uh, so I struggled with that. And yeah, I just struggled like for working straight, like straight eight hours with no break and being on the entire time. Because if you had like a difficult person or someone was rude to you or whatever, you needed time to like, just like get yourself back together, you know, and I just, I couldn't work at that level, but, so I guess Were that, there ever, like, times at salons where they cared about they wanted feedback and they wanted to know your opinion, or? No. No. Once I left Chevello, no one ever, if giving your opinion was, like, considered complaining or giving suggestions were, was considered complaining, but that all has worked in my favor now because I felt like I had all of these ideas based on me listening to other people so I've become friends with a lot of my clients we've gone out for a glass of wine or we've hung out for coffee tea whatever I've been to their homes for dinner and I've listened to the things that they don't like I've listened to the things that they really did like and I don't think anyone likes feeling rushed we're so rushed in every other part of our life it's nice to you know like have your hair done and get some time taken and not feel like you're just another number. Yeah. What about what was the program called again that you're part of the LGBT rights? Oh, the dress code project. Right. Yeah. So that's another good example. Like, um, just having people be able to come and get their haircut in a safe environment and not feeling like judged or whatever. I think it happens less often now. But I know, like, when I was in high school or my early 20s like salons were so fancy and everyone was like dressed up and you know what I mean like it felt intimidating going into them I think I think that's a good way that salons are moving into something that feels more casual like you don't have to get dressed up to come to a salon 
so I feel like it's also like that you know like there's all types of people so just providing a safe environment for them having that was part of why I went with RN Cokes all their stuff is gender neutral and yeah they also do events for underprivileged youth so that they can like charity events where they can come get their haircut for free so I'm hoping to do one of those here soon if I can recruit another friend, me and my, <laughs> me and myself and I. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about that too. And that woman I actually met when I was in school. She opened a shop in Leslieville and now she's doing the same thing as me, just working on her own. So. Yeah. It's all about community really, making the right connections, especially as an entrepreneur, your own business. I do love, I've always loved like getting to know the people at my local coffee shop and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. The guy who did my pictures for me for my website and my Instagram is a guy that I met going to the same coffee shop every day for seven years in Leslieville and then we just became friends. I cut his hair. Mm -hmm. I like that sort of connection and being in the neighborhood, which is why I'm really excited to be back in the neighborhood now. So once the weather cheers up a little bit then yeah. hopefully I'll get out there and get to know the people my neighbors a bit better yeah. for the love side of things what what do you think love is this is a question you asked me not too long ago so throw it back at you what do I think love is like romantic love yeah romantic love. but your idea of love it could be more of just like family as well what is my idea of love well, it's changed a lot <laughs> in the last little while, but I think it's a good question to ask yourself because I think especially as women, we're so like, we're raised to be giving and caring and nurturing and all these things. And you know, it, like it's, it's in us to do that. And I think with certain men that they can just continue to take from you and so I think that uh, I've, that's part of why I've taken a break from dating. How long has your break been? Uh, it's been almost a year. It's coming up on a year. It was just like the result of meeting someone that said a lot of things that they eventually didn't mean and talked about the need to be vulnerable which I always struggled with and I was actually vulnerable and I just gave so much and then just like just like that he just took and took and took and then it was over um but what does love mean to me i used to say when i was younger and i left my ex-husband because i was not in love with him i said i used to say that love should bring out your best and challenge your worst and I think like real love should be free and it shouldn't be it it shouldn't be so different than a really amazing friend you know but it's so hard with us when we get like or for me before and I noticed with other people like you can be so open and stuff with your friends but the minute it's like romantic mm -hmm. it can change us in weird ways so I'm paid attention to like that for myself and I'm thinking about how that's changed me and not wanting it to be changed when I'm with someone. Mm -hmm. So I've spent some time by myself 
trying to figure that out a little bit. Would you recommend breaks to people? Like, do you think it's helped you? Yes, absolutely. I feel like it blows my mind how people go from like one relationship to the next. Um, I absolutely think you should be able to be okay being on your own and like enjoying your own company and like I love my alone time. It's awesome. I had a bath last night and a tea and I read my book and it was great. Um, I think that everyone should know themselves well too. And that's also like obviously a journey in life because we're changing, but I think I think you'll be less inclined to want so much from someone else and think I don't believe in that like idea that someone completes you and that you know your life was missing something until they came into it and all of that like I think that your life should be complete on your own yeah. first and do you think that like becoming a mother changed your idea of love Ooh, that's a good question. Well, I had my son when I was 18, so I don't know if I had a good idea of love then, but he, I definitely never loved anyone. Like, I loved him. It was just like, blew my mind how much I could love this little screaming red baby. But um, I think that having kids has changed my perspective on dating a lot because they were always first. You know, like we've always been the three of us. We've been through a lot together, the three of us. So um, I didn't want a guy to get in the way of that. So finding someone that fit that, because a lot of men wanted to be like in this position of saving me or do you know, like especially when the kids were younger, like they wanted to see me as like this weak single mom and I'll come along. And that's just not how we were. We were like a strong threesome figuring it out as we go you know I think yeah for sure being a mother has changed that um I think it's affected my relationships with other people because I've always been on such a different path so like 10 years ago when a lot of guys wanted to settle down and have kids I was like "Mm, I don't know if I want to do that and now I know I definitely don't want to do that so yeah, so we'll see what we'll see what happens so, now. <laughs> I mean, does it make it harder to find them? Like because there's that extra layer that you have to take into consideration. Um, maybe not. Well, I guess harder is like seems more like an obstacle because I wouldn't change anything. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like that time, like that time you have with your kids, is so precious, and once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. You know, and it's the same with my work, like. I sacrificed a lot of my career to really be with them and they had to I had to sacrifice some time with them too to really be focusing on my career but now I can really focus on my career because they don't need as much from me or not in the same way of time like I can give them more in you know chunks of time and you know through the phone or whatever um the phone I just said that like it's a new a new development in the world I don't know if you've heard of the phone um but yeah I think that you know they've they've helped like motivate me to get to this point so and I think that even doing this I don't think I would have done this if I would have been in a relationship because 
And I think it might be like my age group. Like I think your age group oh, of men are, 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 I think they're like better or they're more open-minded. But I think my age group of men and slightly older, for example, like I was dating this guy and um, I had bought the place that I live in now, like three years before I moved into it. And he wanted to talk about moving in together. And I was like, what? No, like not, no, not happening. Like I want, the place that I live in now is like my dream home in the way that it's exactly what I want and what I need. I don't need anything more. And I've designed it, well, with the help of my friends, like this place in a really beautiful way that suits me. So I really love being there. I love the neighborhood. It's whatever, I'm parking, it's great. And he, I don't think understood like my need to do that like my need to get certain places and I find like I don't know every time I've wanted to do something they want to have some sort of like control or help you know in the way of I don't think a lot of men in my era can handle a really really strong it's challenging woman. To masculinity kind of thing. I, I don't want to say it but it, yes yeah. <laughs> And I think it's like, I think that there's a difference between men, you know, just from like the men that I meet, I think it's like in, in their mind, it's a good idea. And then in reality, it's not because I think about like the things that they all told me. And for a while, it made me feel like I had to change it. And now I'm just like, no, I don't have to change it. Yeah, I think that, I think that what you said is not so true in terms of that they think in their mind is great. Like, well, of course I want to be with an independent girl. Like I want to be with someone who doesn't need me. But then when they're actually in a situation where the girl that they're with doesn't need them for everything, it makes them, you know, not feel quite as wanted as they want to feel and needed in a relationship. I think that that can be very important for many men. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, there's, yeah, there's still those in my generation as well. Oh, really? Yeah, but I, I do think, especially more so like in Toronto, they're way more open-minded. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah, I guess, I mean, it's hard to say, and it depends how you've been raised, too. But I think that, I think it's just like, I mean, it's the things we're all talking about now, too, in terms of, like, how, like, the ways we've raised women, young girls, the way we've raised men is totally different. We want them to be tough and strong and, you know, like, the prince coming to save the princess. We're like... I don't know, maybe that's where my tomboy thing comes in. Like, I don't want to be saved, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I want to be, I'll fight the dragon. Yeah. Like, get out of the way, you know? Yeah. People say they want, like, this relationship of equals, but I think that even that is can be quite scary to, yeah. I mean, at the same time, there are still, you know, women that exist that want to have that guy that provides for them and that they yes. you know. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. How do you find women in your generation in terms of like, because I know that that was a big thing in my generation, like meeting a rich guy, like people would still talk about that. I remember working when I was working in like bartending for a while when my kids were young. I remember like meeting women that were just like, oh yeah, like they just wanted to meet a rich guy and so they could be taken care of, which now, if you heard that now, I feel like people would like yeah. stop and yeah. and that would be a really like if someone like actually honestly admitted to that like there would be a lot of shame like I think 
too many people agree with their artists to actually say that that's what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people that I'm surrounded by, like female-wise, are very independent. And at least here in the city, they're, most of my friends are still single. Unless like they came from where you were saying about how they were raised. So they were raised in like a very close family. So they're still like with their family and they don't feel too worried about like pushing themselves too far up. Not, not to say that they aren't, you know, driven people in their own way, but they don't, like, they're just comfortable with where they are in life, regardless. Right. And, like, those ones are often, like, getting these relationships from young, and they stay in them, and they end up with that person. And it's very different to the kind of environment that you have when you're in Toronto, and it's like, your job comes first for so long, especially at this stage in life. Mm-hmm. And then also, for guys, like, it's still... Even if they say they want independent, if it's like an independent girl that they know is like doing better career-wise than them, they won't be able to handle that. No way. Yeah. That's what I think too. Yeah. Do you feel like in in terms of... So one of the things I often wonder is like, do you think you can do that? This is a question I ask myself. I don't know the answer, but can you do that? Can you like fulfill your own things, your own destiny, your own desires alongside someone or do you think you need to get to a certain point this is obviously like a bit, very big question this is like a I think so many people feel that they have to like reach their place before they find that person okay and I don't know if I agree with that because I feel like you're always going to want to self-improve like throughout your life you're always going to be wanting to do better you're not going to all of a sudden get to the place and be like oh I've plateaued I'm like luckily I'm only 30 or something like that doesn't happen you yeah you want to get better but then it's, you know, a catch-22 because you're always like, oh, but when I get there, then I can, like, work on the relationship and, yep. like, that side of my life. But do you ever really get there? I feel like a lot of people do just, like, throw in the towel. That's how, you, you know, where they're just kind of like, oh, I'm, especially around my age, I feel like, you know, they're getting, like, I'm turning 40 this year, and people are just like oh you know I'm old and this and that you know and if they've settled down I don't know if they're really like pushing themselves for further growth mm-hmm. you know some people get a little stuck in their ways yeah. you, you were married already? I was married when I was 21 which is insane oh, so yes yeah. I know I had my son when I was 18 I got married when I was 21 I had my daughter when I was 23 and I left my ex-husband when I was 27 I lived a lot of life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was very much a a path that I did not expect to go down, but it seems like a whole other lifetime. Um but yeah, I don't know if I was like I don't even know if I'm meant to be with someone. Yeah. Although I just watched Call Call Me by Your Name and now I feel like I yeah. believe in love again. Yeah that movie it really it really touched me like that speech that his father gave him mm-hmm. I was like oh man I don't want to close my heart yeah. no way so that kind of like inspired me to yeah. open my heart up again or like, where I'm at right now and I'm like but why do we do this like why do we continually like be willing to put ourselves in a position that's like very vulnerable and then you can just get so easily hurt and it just seems that, you know, just 
enjoying being by yourself is the easier option, you know? Yeah. Like, you can have these amazing friends that help you in all the other ways that you need. And yeah. Because, yeah, relationships are hard. They're hard. Even when you're with someone that's, like, a great person and that, like, you generally think you're meant to be with, you're still going to be hard. Yeah, and I think if it's a good relationship, it would be a little bit hard because they should, like, you know, challenge you to be better or call you out on your shit and stuff like that. But I was thinking about that, too. And so my son, I think, is really in love for the first time. Um, and when he talks about it, it I was, I'm like, oh, my God, wow. Like, it's such an amazing feeling when you really are, like, even when you're, like, smitten with someone, even if it's fleeting... So I think for that reason alone, to be like excited or like I try not to get too, too excited about anyone, but I feel like it's this it's life, right? The ups and downs. I think you make it through. I think that's the nice part about getting older. You make it through enough ups and downs that you're like, you know that it'll you'll the sun will rise again, and you know that it'll set again. You you know you'll be at the top one day and you know you'll be at the bottom one day and that's just life it's like up and down no matter what the pendulum will always swing back the other way so but I don't know if I've ever been in crazy love like that like that call me by your name love like that like want to devour someone yeah. you know I don't know if I have I don't think I have I think I would I know like so many people have it though. yeah like that's that was a special type of like a lot where I don't know you just kind of meet each other on so many different levels like emotionally physically like everything that you can want from one person not many people like like you said many people settle yeah I think so I know a lot of people are not happy in their relationships maybe that's what keeps me sort of like my head on straight or maybe I'm just too logical for things like that but um, I know a lot of couples who are not happy even though they might post about how in love they are like they are not happy and I know a lot of not happy things are going on between them so I guess I feel like it would almost be good to have a conversation but so many people are also just like putting up these walls and stuff which is why I just won't do the online thing because it's just not, it, I can't, I don't like function in that world. Yeah. It doesn't suit me, yeah. you know? But I also find that in terms of like the couples that are not happy and staying together, I think that it very often gets to this point where people kind of start doing like a pros and cons list. You know, this is, this is why we should stay together. And it's like, should you really be looking at your relationship like that analytically? I mean, but you got so comfortable with a person. Yeah, and I think like change is really hard for a lot of people. And I feel like people have a hard time being honest with each other. Like we were talking about how it would be so much easier if you're just like dating someone, you're not feeling it anymore, you just tell them. It would be a lot easier. Life would be a lot easier if you were just like, you know what, I think you're a really nice person, but... I don't feel this way about you instead of just like ghosting or you know disappearing or saying you're too busy and all those things that I notice people do mm -hmm. it's kind of it's weird yeah. it complicates things yeah.
Like there was actually one guy that did that once where he, he messaged me, he's like, you know, I had a really nice time with you, like it was a really great date, but I don't think that we actually had chemistry. Like I think you're a cool person, but I don't think we actually had chemistry. And I was like, thank you so much. Like I wasn't even sad, I was like, because I know deep down we didn't. Like, yeah. We didn't have chemistry and he was just, he was a good person, but it was like, like why doesn't everyone handle it like that? Like how can you be mad at someone for handling it that way, you know? I know. I wonder, do you think that that's because guys have this weird thing like they would let you down because I I feel and this is something I've talked about a lot with my clients with my like female friends whatever um that they have this idea that we'd be like crushed by that news so they just like can't handle it Mm -hmm. whereas most of us if not all of us feel like you do where you just said I was actually so happy that he said that because it's just like it's polite it's respectful that you can still be all of those things you know when you're dating you can still be a good person you can still do the right thing but I think that they think sending that message makes them the bad person but it's like you can do it in yeah a very polite way that doesn't and I think that when you go somewhere you still feel bad anyway like I don't think that you do that and you're like you know, on top of the moon, like, if you're a decent human being, I think you feel a bit shitty about it still. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't really know, because I haven't, I don't think I've done it. Maybe I have unintentionally, but, um, I do think we'd do a lot better if we were just honest with each other and, like, willing to ask the right questions and willing to say how you're feeling. I know that I get, like, I find myself when I'm now that I'm just like starting to talk to some people and stuff, reminding myself to be really open the same way I would with someone else. Cause I've caught myself already a couple times being a bit more like not saying something or might sound this or I'm just like, whatever, I don't care. I'm gonna say it. They might as well get to know me exactly how I am, which I've sort of always been like that. But but yeah, it's a weird thing how we like couple up together. Although people aren't even really doing that anymore, right? Yeah, the whole not monogamy thing. That's a big thing. Yeah. That's another, like, really big thing. And I think it's definitely more popular in cities just because there's so many people out dating. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't really thought of it like that. It's so different. It feels like it would be so complicated. I mean, I... I don't know how people do it. Like, I, I have nothing, like... I understand, I don't judge someone for doing it, I just don't understand how they can't get jealous. But I, I have read, there's this book called The Ethical Slut, because like, I, I wanted to try and understand it better. Um, and it's kind of like, explains it as, if you're willing to be in an open relationship, it's not you're not keeping secrets, you tell your partner about when you're going out with other people, you tell your partner that this is happening, mm-hmm. it's not done in secret in any shape or form. And right. being able to be that trusting with the other person actually allows a relationship to be created that has no jealousy because you're being with this person freely. There are no rules, there are no constraints that sometimes can, you know, when you're in a relationship and it's like you're with this person more out of obligation and you get suspicious about things, it's you're 
by being in an open relationship and non-monogamy, you don't depend on one person for everything. Right. Which you shouldn't, even in a normal relationship. Okay, normal is a terrible word to use, right? But monogamous relationship, you, yeah. say, you shouldn't depend. Yeah, and I guess, like, I don't know if I could handle being in a polyamorous relationship, but I would like to, I would strive for the type of relationship where someone could tell me what they're feeling, if they ever did feel like that, um, and then just, like, deal with those, like, emotions, because those are all about, you know, I think th that kind of love gets too close to the possession thing for me which is why like that kind of makes me uncomfortable you know that sort of like old school it's my man or that's my woman don't yeah. touch her that's kind of not healthy yeah you know I mean at the end of the day you can leave a relationship always with one person or several people yeah exactly yeah. so I guess we all get to write our rules yeah but it, it's interesting to see if that, like, long-term, how that will play out, if that will become more and more so. Well, I mean, there actually are, like, some families that are that way. Oh, really? Yeah. I oh. Mean, not that I know personally, but, like, it's, um, it's definitely more accepted now than it used to be. And, I mean, like, it's still not legal to have, like, several wives or anything like that, but they're very much more, like, they're two men in the household or something. And, I mean... It's supposed to, like, I guess there there are pros to it in certain ways. I just, I still don't understand how to be, like, one day they choose to be with another person instead of you, but you guys see each other as, like, each other's person, so. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the thing. There's no, I don't think it's the same for anyone. Yeah. I think it's, like, for some people, they're, like, together, and then they date when or sleep with other people or whatever it is, mm -hmm. but they're, like, their number ones. But, um... Yeah, it's a, it, it's an interesting thing, redefining, we're redefining everything right now. Yeah. It's an interesting, an interesting time. Um, it's an interesting time for like a lot of things. I feel like a lot of things are starting to shift and change and we're looking at old ideas and seeing if they're necessary. Yeah. You know, because even when you just said that, like it's a lot more accepted these days, I thought like, it's true, but how outrageous that anyone else should be commenting <laughs> on how people should have their relationships, like yeah. their private personal relationships, but it's so the way the world is. Yeah. We love to just want to tell other people what they can and can't yeah. do. Okay, so my last question is what tip would you give for someone starting out as a creative? I would say, so you asked me in the beginning what like kind of what got me here and so what all of the things that all of the things that were the things that made me successful since I started doing hair were all of the things that the salons that I worked at didn't like so because they want you to like follow a formula and say a certain thing and and do everything like this like that and I think that's really common once you in the world like what we were just talking about to just like follow this you know you do this and then you do that and that's not at all how my life has rolled out not even necessarily by choice I didn't like I had my son young and 
old, got married young and I'm divorced and I've been doing everything in a different way, following a different path. And I think it's really important to like just continue on that path doing, if it's working for you, do it, you know, and if it's and constantly evolving who you are so that the more you can evolve, the better you can be to everyone else, the more you can give, the more you have to give out. Like I actually didn't even see myself as a creative person for a really long time until now. And now I like understand you just like want to make things, whatever that, whatever making things means to you. So you need a good sense of yourself. Thanks for tuning in this week, guys. That was Sandy White, the hairstylist that can completely change your look for the better. Always for the better. She was responsible for my recent shift to bangs, which I find completely transformed how I look. But I often use a haircut as a as a new start, a fresh beginning. Her studio could be found on Dundas West. I'll put her information in the show notes. I really loved how she made the note that change is really hard for people and that people have a really hard time being honest with each other but it'd be so much easier and less complicated if we learned to be honest and ask the right questions and say how we're feeling and that way we can be in a relationship that is rewarding and not just a possessive relationship that isn't actually healthy and a bit of an interesting conversation about polyamorous relationships and where that's going. And we didn't really quite come to a conclusion, but that there can be pros and cons to any type of relationship and how, who are we to tell another person how to love, how to live in such an intimate and private part of their life. Yet we always have some sort of input, although we have no, true right to and that at the end of the day let's just work to keep our hearts open not to put up walls so that hopefully we too can find the kind of love that if we're crazy about the other person that's really hard to come by and perhaps it is so difficult to find because it's not sustainable and in the long run you can't maintain it and I know that we might have seemed like we were complaining about love at certain points or relationships in the dating world, but I think it was just this awareness about how things are, how times have changed, how age changes, how we perceive it, how the state of our family, how for many people, you know, it's important to be independent, even though we have entered in this form of companionship with another person and that we don't want to be saved, not in a, you know, I'm this feminist, I don't need anybody else type of way, but just a, I'm doing great on my own, and if I'm with somebody else, I want to be with that person by choice, not not out of needing some sort of savior, or someone with this savior complex, that it's, you know, you're this dainty woman that I can take under my wing. So next week I'll be in Houston for a couple more interviews and and then I'll be back in good old Toronto and I'm looking for some stylists and writers who might be interested in sharing their story with me. So 
if you are please reach out at framed with love podcast at gmail subscribe share some of the episodes so other people can hear some really strong important messages that are worth getting out there and see you guys next week once again all the music for the podcast is done by zoe hansen who was our guest last week if you want to give that a listen there's laughter and quiet moments shared between lovers and friends some